Hello everyone, welcome back to PSA Podcast Episode 2. Today we're delighted to have with us local Valley Rangers manager Darl Park. Darl, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me, Matthew. And we'll kick things off by the probably the most popular question in football at the minute. How have you been coping with the whole thing? Strange. Um, once we got up and going again, we're coping okay. You get into a wee football bubble where you don't really see everything outside affecting it. As long as you can play your games, you can train, um, you think that's the way it's going to be. Although it was always in your back, back of your mind, could it possibly come to us that we'll get hold it again? And then lo and behold, um, two weeks ago, we were hold it. So that side of it's strange now that you're sitting in limbo, that you're hoping to get up and going again on the 14th of November, but you just have to play it by ear and see how see how it goes. But even aside from that, even watching football on TV, I don't know what you think, but without fans in the stadium, it's a bit strange. Yeah, it's totally different. And we were actually saying there before that, you know, there's no such thing as a home advantage, really. It's just seems to be like a normal match and there's quite a lot of goals from both sides and there's no clean sheets and there's lots of strange things happening in matches so from an entertainment point of view it's very good but obviously it doesn't beat doesn't beat the supporters and the fans in in the uh, stadium still strange and even you'll see more now well i seem to be noticing more there seems down in tools as such you're getting strange scores here there and Mm -hmm. everywhere um but no it's not the same and hopefully hopefully we can get back to some sort of normality sooner rather than later but it does add to the spectacle that has been, mm-hmm. has been different. And then from your own squad point of view, have you like been giving the players anything to do over lockdown or have you just been letting them tear away? Or Well, we've only been one week without training. Um, so the announcement came in the middle almost two weeks ago now. Um, but we were still able to train up until lockdown went in. Um, so... We cut training last week, we asked them to do bits and pieces, but we weren't going to monitor that too closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, as we move through the weeks, we're able to move through the schedule a wee bit more and get people up to speed, because I don't know what way the governing bodies here are going to introduce it again. Um, I've seen games being scheduled for the 14th of November. 14th of November is four weeks and one day since lockdown went mm-hmm. in. So it's pretty much just telling teams that you're not allowed to train for four weeks. But you have to pay a match. Yeah, you're not allowed physical contact training for four weeks, but then the day after lockdown's left it, away you go and play a game, which will be strange. And it's potentially their way of dealing with it too, because they don't know when this is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to get fixtures in. Yeah. And... No, it's, it's a strange time for everyone. It's unprecedented, unprecedented at times for for all. So I don't, I don't envy the, the government deci- body, uh, the decision makers. No, yeah. and that's across the board too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard, it's hard for them all. So I'm not saying they're guessing, but there's maybe an educated guess yes. behind it. Yeah. So I want to take you back a few years to you've decided to quit playing, and. What took you into coaching? What took you into management? Why did you decide to go down that route? What was it that kind of made it attractive to you? Well, I tried to do both for a way. 
for a while um try being the optimum award for playing mm-hmm. um but it it was tough to do both it's tough to split trying to motivate yourself to play and to give everything to those that you're coaching to mm-hmm. um when i started really fell into it by chance it was probably something that i always in the back of my head thought that i would do mm-hmm. um i went and watched i think it was an under 14s final um and richard bailey would have been helping with them your psa goalkeeping coach mm-hmm. um and their manager was leaving it was well known that the manager of that team was leaving at the end of the season so um it's sort of we talked about it for a wee while and i sort of said i would come in and help them in some way shape or form because i seen that there was a there was a team there that i liked the i liked i thought some of the players had a lot of potential mm-hmm. um and could be worked with and i thought it would be a shame if for whatever reason they weren't given the the support that they could be given not saying that i was that support at that stage but if there was nobody to take them that they potentially could have been left without football or not getting not having somebody to take it with the time that they could commit till it till to try and push them on so i took it from there and from the start i enjoyed it um enjoyed it maybe not too much but it sort of took over from playing mm-hmm. quite quickly that you just wanted to see other players develop and reach their potential and how could they improve their game and players that are maybe players that were maybe of a of a lesser ability um, at the start we were playing in the Caribbean league which the team were quite comfortable in so it was then there was players that were of a lesser ability to the better players in the team it was a team of mixed very mixed ability mm-hmm. um, on quite a wide age range too because there's three three years between the next youngest team so you were giving younger players a chance to see if you could get them up the curve man and no i i I enjoyed it from that first from that first opportunity it sort of it gripped me then that i wanted to push on and not even for myself but to give players opportunity players that you grew a wee affinity with mm-hmm. that you seen that they had someone and you wanted to push them up through the system to see how far they could get and how mm-hmm. far they could push themselves really um and is there any of them players still playing at the minute yeah they're still they have to name names or can i well, <laughs> go off the news no there's there's some there's quite a lot of them players still playing in some shape or form mm-hmm. um but that's what it's about too it's yeah. not not everybody's going to reach the top yeah and not every well, when i say the top i mean not everybody's going to reach the top of their club mm-hmm. or even the top of the level that they want to play at but it's all about the players yeah, getting good. out of it what it's they good, want to get it's out good of to it. see players that you've worked with still remaining in the game yeah that you've given that chance to at the start or maybe wouldn't have got that chance if you hadn't stepped into that position or whatever that they're still they're still in the game whatever level it's at because at the end of the day it's about playing to enjoy the game like yeah one person's one person's Wembley can be the Cardinal Road yep. and the other person's can be 
Windsor Park or beyond. Sure. It's yeah. it's each to their own, and <laughs> especially in these times, you you can see how important it is to people to to get out and to have goals to to attach themselves to. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's, it is encouraging to see players come through and to look back at players that have come through and how they've they've developed over the years and they've they've stayed within the game, as you say. Mm-hmm. So that was under 14, so you made the step up then and when did you make the step into senior football then? At that stage I was involved part-time. When I say part-time, I mean like I would have been helping training really young kids like under, at that stage it would have been under sixes, under sevens with Rodney McBride. Um, just in the in the local Bracken Centre. Um but I had nothing else really, just for a short period, I had nothing else really to attach myself to. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know if I, what I wanted to do, if I wanted to go the whole way up through with a team, um, or if I wanted to make the step into senior football, or if there even was an opportunity to make the step into senior football and how that would how that would look. Because there is a step, especially when... I did take it there would have been players still players older than me um, more experienced than me and probably seen more of the game than me um, I didn't know if that was a step that I wanted to make or if it was the right time to make that step or alternatively I didn't know if I had the patience after being parachuted in under 14s to go the whole way back down and go the whole way back up through. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to go halfway up through either, if you know what I mean. And after a year or two think, oh, this isn't for me. Um, After having experience with older players who have, you're able to do a wee bit more with in terms of your coaching, more advanced coaching, um, Whereas the younger age group, it really is, especially at six, sevens, it's really just letting them play yeah. and go on with it. But the opportunity came around to take the Valley Rangers reserve side. Um, so after a bit of deliberation, I put my name forward to that and got it and moved forward with that. And You were very successful in that position as well. Yeah, we were, well, we were quite successful. Um but a good good squad of players, and again, part of the reason for taking that and the sway till putting my name forward for that was really that I seen players coming through with the eighteens and younger that I thought had the potential to step up, and I had the experience working with them and knew their abilities, knew what they needed to do, and I thought if I take this, I can give them the platform to go and do what they can do and to be fair to them it was them that were successful it wasn't it wasn't me as such it was it was them that went out and done the business whether it be whatever whatever trophies they won mm-hmm. um but that's the that's what you that's what you get out of it that you give people a platform and that you can you see their hard work mm-hmm. bring some fruits out of it and no it's it's great to be involved in it and it's, it's something that you focus your attention on and something that you you get a buzz out of it um, it's hard to explain exactly what it takes what up it your is. whole life oh it does yeah <laughs> at, at any level 
you know that as as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great to be involved in it. In the down times now isn't too bad because it's only been a week off. But in March and April, whenever you didn't see an end in sight, it was it was strange and it was yeah. I realise how much it means to people when you don't have it. Yeah, it's strange to see how the other half of the world put their Saturdays in too. <laughs> so we're now on to you've done really well with the seconds. You've now got the first team job. As a manager or a coach, whatever you describe yourself as, what would you say your kind of style is? Everybody goes on nowadays about styles and philosophies and all these words, but if I was to walk in off the street and watch the Valley play, what would be you know, what would be the two or three key things that you like your teams to play the way to play or what your teams do and even yourself, what kind of style would you say you as a manager are? First and foremost, I think it's amateur football in particular. It's very based on the players that you have at your disposal and the players that want to play for your club. Um, You can have all the best ideas in the world and all the great philosophies and you can base yourself on Guardiola, Klopp, whoever else you want to base yourself on, but you're you have to work with the players that you have and the strengths that they have and you've got to find a way to play to get this to get their strengths out of them um in terms of how valley play at the moment or how um without giving too much away for no, people that might be listening from in and around our same <laughs> league <laughs> no i i look we've we'll look to get the ball down and we'll look to play with a big 3G pitch there that you train on, you play on, your surface is consistent. Um, We want the boys to have control of the game. We want them to use the strengths that we have to get it down and to play because Moran has produced great footballers over the years um, and sometimes maybe as an area we don't have the confidence in ourselves to put ourselves in that pedestal alongside other teams of or other players of a similar similar level um but where the valley are at now in terms of playing an intermediate a fourth tier in the country you just have to give the players the platform to go and express themselves they we have worked since matthew and myself and davy mckee have come in we have work done looking to play from the back and looking to con- control the game where it's, where possible but we'll always emphasize that it's horses for courses there's going to be times where you can't do that there's going to be times where you have to find a way to win a game and it's a learning experience for me too because it's a learning experience from when do you encourage them to play and keep playing and keep playing and when do you encourage them to play in certain areas um and that's it's always going to be a learning experience anybody that tells you they know everything about football they know nothing because each and every day you go until and each and every weekend that passes that you watch something you you see something new you hear something new you hear somebody else's perspective and in my opinion there's no there's no right or wrong mm-hmm. perspective yeah um it's a game of it's opinions, a game of opinions isn't it? yeah and it's it's a game of applying those strengths that you have and even 
even the past 10 years, you'll see the development of, like, I'll always go back to games that people will see on the TV all the time. Um, but as time has as time has went on the past 10 years, we've went from take attacker without playing, without a centre forward, and now it's a much more physical game in terms of you're looking for, a lot of teams are looking for runners all over the pitch. Um, just have to look at the different styles um, throughout Europe and the picks of the teams and how that develops year on year. And the thing about it is nobody's reinventing the wheel, mm-hmm. but somebody's always going to come up with a way of working out your strengths and turning them into their advantage and finding a way to counteract that. And that's really what it your football philosophy has to be you have to move with the times mm-hmm. yes i would be a wee bit of a control freak in terms of football that i want to have control of the game but there's many different ways to control a game mm-hmm. watch diego simeone's atletico madrid they control the game expertly without a ball um and then the likes of guardiola it's just gonna be possession is key mm-hmm. and they need the ball to control it but in terms of the Valley, we, we look to control the game with the ball, but there has been times, and this season I would say more than more than last, we've had to emphasise, I know we're only started, we've, we've emphasised on a number of different occasions that we don't have to have the ball, boys. We don't have to panic when we don't have it. We have to trust what we have. And if we don't have it for periods, we've got to keep ourselves right. But when we do have it, we've got to make best use of that, whatever mm-hmm. the best use of that is on that particular day mm-hmm. because yes your own team is what you're looking for but you've got to play your opponents too in mm-hmm. terms of if you spot a weakness you've got to capitalize on that whatever it may be um because you don't get anywhere from playing pretty football every week and can't beat it mm-hmm. two or three nil or whatever it is so yeah you've got to be pragmatic and you've got to find a way to, to win games so you've mentioned our managers like of different styles and different philosophies and whatever else. Is there anybody since you've started your coaching career that you've kind of said, well, I'm going to maybe listen to his interviews or I'm going to follow him or see kind of find bits of his training or things like that? Other than the PSA coaches? You don't have to mention them, though. (laughs) (laughs) I know for myself there are certain managers that I would listen to their press conferences every week without fail. I would listen to whatever they say in the media, I would watch them, I would listen to how they speak, just to pick up wee different ideas. It's just, is there anybody in particular? Um, since Bielsa's took over at Leeds, close to my own heart. Man is a genius, so he is. Um, I thought we couldn't get through the podcast without no, mentioning Leeds. No, I, I, anybody that has a distinctive style, I would have an interest in. Um, I like to watch teams that have a style, that have a that have an identity about them mm-hmm. as such, and they're not just a wee bit of this and a wee bit of that. Um, Guardiola's the obvious one. Um, his Barcelona team, to me, still, well, is and will be hard to beat in terms of being the best team that I've ever seen, anyway, mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Um, and when he came to the Premier League not you can see everything nowadays in terms of you can watch your La Liga you can watch 
wherever he is. You can watch your Bundesliga when he was at Munich. But whenever he came to the Premier League, it just brought it a wee bit closer to mm-hmm. home. And there's just that wee bit more coverage of it. And it's closer to you each and every day. And it's good to see how people like that adapt to your away to Stoke on a <laughs> cold Tuesday night. Yeah. And no, there's definitely... As I say, anybody with a real identity, Guardiola have been the one over the past 15 years that you, well, he's not in that 15 years, 10 years, um, that you would look to, well, I would see as the trailblazer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are obviously others who have who have gotten top of him at times. Mm-hmm. And as I say, since Bielsa's came to Leeds, the change that he's made in a mid-table championship team from this is a man that's people would say Guardiola looks to Pochettino looks to and he bases a lot of it on things that you would think modern coaches wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't work on like he would do a lot of his work without the ball he would do a lot of his work his tactics work very slowly very methodical moving players in terms of inches feet you know exactly where they should be as a game develops but as i said before that's it's horses for courses it's different people have their different methods and it's just interesting to see how people use them methods and develop them methods and from the standpoint where we're at we're not going to see what all them methods yeah. are but just a the smallest of insight mm-hmm. into them is is interesting yeah it's fascinating yep but um yeah no um but anybody that that has that identity certainly piques me, piques me interest mm. the day. Very good. So it's very interesting to see, you know, how even local managers kind of shape their team and shape because obviously we're not playing at a massive level with no resources, with no kind of two nights a week training. That's it. It's it's interesting to see what you can really get out of your team. In terms of a style of play or whatever, so, and it's I always find it interesting listening to to managers and trying to pick up wee bits of detail or oh, maybe try that. I'd like to put that into my game. I'd like to try this. So yeah, who would it. your who would your top three um, be? My top three the past ten years. Or I like uh, whenever because I've been in reserve and youth football for quite a while. I tried to like I was would follow uh, I followed. Uh, Graham Murty from Rangers on 23s just to see it from a youth development point of view yeah. and see what you know after pre-match or post-match interviews what way he approached him in terms of he might have got beat but he was never downbeat because so many players played well or this fella's so close to the first team this fella's progressing from the under 18s into the 23s and it was interesting to see from that point of view how he kind of uh, went from game to game because results never overly mattered yeah. that much it was all about the development of the person and the development of the player and then I've took a big interest in Brennan Rogers recently because of obviously he's from Northern Ireland um, he came through a uh, youth development side yes of that he came through kind of something similar to what I've been through as well and uh, he's obviously at the top of, top of the, the game now and uh, just the normal ones, your Guardiola, your Klopp, you're always listening in to see what they're saying, 
watching their interviews, listening to their press conferences, just to see, you know, can you pick up something, yeah, something new, something different, and just try and bring it into your game. Although it's going to be on a totally different level, but you know, just try and improve and try and pick up information every week on on different parts of the game. But yeah. there's so much. There's as you say, there's so much out there. Like, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just whatever whatever way you like yourself. Yeah. Okay, so this is the start of your second season as the Valley first team manager. What are your short term and long term goals for, for the club as a whole? Well, short term, long term sort of feeds into one. And you always just want to keep developing. We're not a club where we put massive aspirations on people to say, You do this and um if you don't do this you'll be out the door. It's it's a community based club. It's Players are given the opportunity and coaching staff are given the opportunity too. But within that, you always want to be developing. You always want to be moving forward. You can't be standing still because if you stand still, you'll move back. Um, so it's just constantly about developing, developing the club, whether it be on the field, off the field, um, and keep moving forward. As I've touched on earlier, Moran has had great footballers over the years and they maybe haven't had the platform to go and show what they can do at a level more suitable to their ability um but i think where the valley are at now is starting to we're starting to get closer to that standard um as i said the fourth tier of football in the country could you go another one well that's that's maybe a long-term ambition of the club um it's something that would be great for the area something that would something that in my own personal opinion has been missing from this area mm-hmm. for quite a, quite a while like one points are closest but one point i've only got into the league structure relatively recently too mm-hmm. um and other than that you're not you've Murray and you've Bambridge, but they would be quite a distance away um so there's a whole wee pocket of the of the country here that's never tasted league football as such mm-hmm. um and it would be a massive achievement to do it and it would be it definitely wouldn't be something that you could you could just do overnight especially mm-hmm. with the quality in intermediate a but that's where the club development comes on you keep building on your blocks you keep making the club bigger better every year you're you're building on something for the future and you're giving kids an opportunity that it might not be this generation but if the foundations are in place is it the next generation um so it's not something it's not something that you that as a club the valley put a time scale on Mm -hmm. and it's not something that you'll ever die by but it would be something to me that would be nice for the area that at some stage they could have league representation in mm-hmm. whatever shape or form that comes in. Yeah. Um but short term since we started the season we've we've really said let's go week by week because while you're in a football bubble and you, you want to keep going and you don't see yourself stopping for anything really, it always was in your back of your head if things get worse in terms of COVID, do the yeah, restrictions could be taken away from you yeah. straight away? As so it is. We just 
if anybody looks at our league table at the minute, it's it's very very tight in terms of teams from top to bottom, and I think that maybe plays out in the way that a lot of people have approached the season that they're just glad to get back out there and they're they're looking forward to their game on a Saturday and there's nothing between the teams. The results are hard to hard to judge and I would challenge anybody to get a full set of league results right by predicting them before the game takes place. Mm-hmm. Um but that's 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 what you want to be in. To me that's what you want to be in. I I always found it difficult if you had two leagues within a league or three leagues within a league where you'd your teams were there was an expectation that you went and you beat them comfortably and there was other teams that there was an expectation that you went and you couldn't lay a glove on them. Mm-hmm. Um to me that doesn't create a good competitive environment, but I think at the minute where intermediate A is there is a good competitive environment. Like we've played a lot of teams across the spectrum. I know the table doesn't mean a lot at the minute, but a lot of teams across the spectrum from top to bottom as the table sits and I don't think we've had a an easy game really. But at the same time I don't think we've sat back and looked at a team afterwards and said, Oh you're never getting near them. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's been each and every week you've had to go out and earn what you've what you've had the what you've got. Um and if you aren't at it, you're gonna be punished and to me that that drives players on too. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what players should want, not all the time what they do want. They maybe do want a wee comfort break and they want to the ego massaged a wee bit. But yeah. to become a better player, you've got to push yourself and pushing yourself to the limits each and every week, whether that be in your training on a Tuesday, Thursday, whatever night it may be, so that you know that you have to you have to be right at it on a Saturday and then on a Saturday, you know you have to turn up when you can't be coming unprepared or just rocking in the Saturday after not turning up on a Tuesday, Thursday. That's where that's where you want your players to be. You want mm-hmm. them to be tuned in. They want them to be trying to get the most out of themselves, whatever that is. Um, it is, but you want to see players try and thrive in a in a competitive environment. And finally. What is the three main qualities that your players must have to succeed in a team managed by yourself? That was a wee bit of a curveball thrown in at the end there. They put you on the spot or anything. Um, three qualities. Well, first of all, I've got to sit on the fence here. First of all, they want they have to have a want to be there. Um, it's not a quality in terms of that. A football and ability but mm-hmm. especially at the level the level in terms of amateur football that you're at you're not there for any other reason other than your own enjoyment mm-hmm. to get out of it what you want to get out of it um, so if you don't want to be there then it would be a question of what are you really getting out of it um, so that, that to me as a touched on before the players are paramount the players are the most important thing in any team mm-hmm. uh, um, and their development is the most important thing as coaches to me coaches managers whatever you want to call it we're just enablers in terms of create the platform that they can go and 
push themselves as far as they possibly can. So they've got to want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to fit into a group. So a football a football team can be quite a quite a tight environment if you get the right bunch of players around you. Um, so you need. You need to have the right characters in there. You need to have people that are happy to get on with each other. And whatever happens on a Saturday or whatever happens on a Tuesday, Thursday, if there's a difference in opinion, that we can throw it under the carpet and away we go again. Um, so it ties in with wanting to be there. But to me, to harness a good dressing room, you need you need a group of lads that, mm-hmm. or, la- on, or ladies. Sorry. <laughs> Um, discriminating here <laughs> um, that are willing to get on and are willing to willing to uh, let bygones be bygones and let let people's flaws whether that be a performance flaw or a, a temper flaw or whatever it is let mm-hmm. just let them let them be and understand them for being them and um, it is a football is a a great tool for socializing mm-hmm. probably something I haven't touched on yet but it's like maybe not for the, for the kids when you're when you're in school you're seeing everybody well if you're if your teammates are in your school you're seeing everybody each and every day of the week and whatnot but then once you get to the senior game you you're probably only seeing the majority of your players you're when you're training on your, your match and that that can be your a lot of people's major social activity. Um, so it's important that you enjoy it and you get on with the people that you're there with. Have I covered three yet? No, I think so. And <laughs> the three things, as you said before, none of them are really football related. It's all to do with people and enjoyment and getting on well and really football ability hasn't really been touched. And that's and that's shows that the most important thing is the people in the club yeah you know it's not your ability or yes your ability is going to take you you know far in the game but your attitude your want to be there your work rate your determination your time keeping things like that that other people don't have control of it's what you control yourself and them things are are most important yeah no ability Ability in terms of football and ability, you'll you'll go right to the top of the game and you'll see teams like Liverpool now need Liverpool champions last year now need another centre half because Van Dijk's out injured. Football and ability, no matter what level you're at, most teams will always will always say I need one or two or three or four, and then we would be some we would be some team, mm-hmm. um, and that that spans the whole way down through the game. Um, it's the culture of football once you get something you want a wee bit more mm-hmm. nobody's ever satisfied and that that is part of football and um it's it's a positive and a and a negative it's a drive and ambition a, a want to push yourself even further um but in terms of coaching players and getting the most out of players sometimes i feel that that's that's a downfall to the game that we always look for the shiny new thing that's elsewhere rather than looking at what um as coaches what your own team have and what more you could you could get out of them and same for players if they look at themselves um 
what more can they get out of themselves and how can they develop themselves and what more could they do to take push themselves to that next level rather than always looking looking for the grass being greener elsewhere that's brilliant well that's that i really enjoyed that and i hope the listeners have as well and uh, that is that for the night and even though i'll be with you on the sideline every week all the best for the, for the rest of the season. <laughs> I hope you begin too. <laughs> and I hope we're successful and I hope we have a good season. But uh, that's that. And tune in again in another few weeks for episode three. Thank you very much for inviting me on and all the best with PSA. It's a great venture and I wish you every success and all that you do. Great. Thank you very much. Bye.